0: Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowy, and today on the show, um, I'm very fortunate to uh, have two very, very important people to me on the show. Um, I've got uh, the uh, lovely... Uh, uh, singer-songwriter, um, eccentric, uh, um, soundstress, uh, Amanda Huff on my left. I Uh, like soundstress, I've never heard that. Oh yeah, yeah, soundstress. (laughs) Uh, I guess I made it up. Um, and I have trouble pronouncing what your last project was called.
1: Uh, Hemiptera.
0: Hemiptera. Yeah, it's out Mm -hmm. everywhere, it's a fantastic project, be sure to listen to it. and then um, across from me, uh, we've got Mark Soriano. He is a uh, guitarist and drummer. He plays in the bands Akko, Drop Bear Collective, and he is playing with Mario Lanza. Shout out Mario, we love you. Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit about love and fear and how it um, manifests in our mental health and in music. Thank you guys for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Yeah, of course, um, Yeah, how are your guys' days going so far?
1: pretty good. Uh, finally a day off, so I got to sleep in, which was awesome. Nice. Uh, I, I mean, I'm usually pretty productive in the morning, but it's kind of nice once in a while to just be like, fuck it. All oh, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's been, I've, like, usually, like, I like to use my mornings for that, to kind of just, like, get my day, take my time with, like, my day, like, getting started and everything, but, like, the last couple of days, I've, like, been, like, go, go, go and shit, mm-hmm. um, but, Uh, yeah. Uh, Days off are great. (laughs) What do you, what do you do? What do I... Like, on this, like, uh, for work and everything?
1: Oh, um, I mean, I've got a couple different jobs. I'm a barista at Anodyne, which has me there a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I clean apartment units for my landlord as they're being switched over between tenants. So like if you're the asshole that doesn't clean your toilet, I'm the one that does it for you Aww. after, you know.
0: Yikes. <laughs> yeah, you clean your toilets. Yeah. Please clean your toilets.
1: Yeah, d- just do it. <laughs> but but uh, I mean, it's nice. You get to like catch up on podcasts. I don't have to talk to anyone. Fair. I just work on my own time. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. podcasts?
2: Other than his. Other than Mr. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice Guy.
1: <laughs> what other ones are there?
2: I have.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> no, uh, I really like uh, Flash Forward. This like futuristic sci fi thing where they pitch like potential futures and then dig into wow. politics and science and stuff. Cool.
0: Well, that sounds really fascinating. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't see, I don't listen to many other podcasts like, because I'm so preoccupied with mine. Like, I don't really like make time. To these <laughs> <laughs> um, a I, a holic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I don't really have that much time these days to like really indulge in much of like anything content really unless it's like um unless it's like an artist that I'm writing on I always like try to listen to their music as I'm writing about them just so it gives more of a context to this the story but yeah I've been really like I've been behind on like shows podcasts movies like other music I yeah I'm just grinding yeah. as they say I just see, like every single
2: day you're like posting about like artists I've covered for it. it's like holy crap like you went to like, five shows in like
0: three days mm. like, what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> well uh, trying to trying to make a name out here you know so <laughs> got a good name thank you thank you very much uh, yeah uh, Mark how's your day going so far it's uh, pretty good uh,
2: woke up I actually really like the rain. Do yeah. you? Do you find it calming?
1: Oh, I love the rain. If yeah. it ra- if it rained every day, that'd be fine.
2: Yeah, it's just especially this kind of rain where it's not like that sideways, yeah. like mm-hmm. hitting you in the face. It's kind <laughs> of like dri- I'll take that too. I
0: don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, we can do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, rain is like. I mean, I love like, a good sunny day, but I also rain is great, especially in the summer, because like. It just kind of cools everything down, and it can be a (coughs) Also, I love the rain, like, at night. Um, Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. very soothing. I love the rain, like, just when I'm cooped up inside, like, Mm -hmm. working and shit. Like, I like to, I don't know, you just feel really, like, secure and, like, you know, like, it's, like,
1: I don't know. I think it validates you being inside,
0: though, too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, yeah. I think I get a lot of that um, with the rain, but... um, yeah, like, it's pouring outside right now, but uh, I've been in here all day, so. They they said, what was it? I think it was it was Chris Cornell
2: who said that the reason why grunge started in Seattle was because it just rained all the time and they had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So they just formed Soundgarden yeah. and Pearl Jam happened and
0: Nirvana. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, oh, so <laughs> 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 Yeah, damn near. That's actually, I've heard that's why, like, so, like, coffee is like a big thing in Seattle Mm -hmm. and like I heard about how like and like there's so many like Starbucks is like headquartered there and everything I've heard that the (laughs) reason like coffee is so so big there is because like it rains so much and Mm -hmm. people just kind of naturally get like tired and like you know it's also
1: probably a vitamin d deficiency at that
0: point (laughs) so like they use caffeine they use caffeine to like you know to stay you know it's, it's just, yeah it's a big part of their culture there i guess but i guess it makes sense um i mean it's i, I just love the idea of like
2: <laughs> hey guys what do you want to do today it's
0: like grunge yeah
2: coffee right carve out a new genre
1: why don't you just, that's so cool dude. i know
0: so nice. and that's and i guess that's Seattle in a nutshell
1: <laughs> um, there you have it
0: exactly so um, so as you guys know uh, what we talk about in mr. nice guy we discuss love and fear um, mm-hmm. pretty much like as an overarching concept but we like I like to go into a lot of like different um, sub topics of that where we I like to um, discuss things like inspiration and motivation passion and then also heavily mental health, Um, it's a big part of, I mean, it's obviously something that's personal to everybody, but I think especially in the route of creativity, like a lot of us, you know, create or we just get inspired or we um, find outlets based on, you know, how our minds are making perceptions of the world and how they're also... How we perceive ourselves and our feelings, and we put them out into the world via music or um, art or uh, you know whatever it is, whatever it is you do. So, um, so Amanda, um, I want to start with you, and I guess like I want to. Yeah, yeah um, I want to uh, um, get to know. Where you really like, I guess, started finding music as like an outlet for yourself. Like, I guess, how it was, it became something that you would like, you know, find like, uh, you know, a a release through, and I guess where it became an important part of your life.
1: Um, Well, I mean, I think like music making and listening to music and stuff was always something that I was uh, entrenching myself in, interested Mm -hmm. in but it didn't hit me as, like, an escape till... Okay, this is, like, a stupid story, but, um...
0: No stupid stories out here, Oh, nice only guy. stupid
1: stories if I'm <laughs> <a president. laughs> uh, I was really young. AOL had just come out. I had, like, my AOL account. The AOL Kids or some oh, yeah. dumb shit, and oh, yeah. if you've ever had one of those, you cannot do anything. There are right. parental blocks on everything but the radio. Mm-hmm. So I'm like turning on the radio and I'm listening to this music and it's like <coughs> a trance station. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, eight or nine or something like that. <laughs> just sitting in. We had our computer in our pantry. It was just like a shallow closet mm-hmm. that I was like caved in on and my headphones, my AOL trance, and I'm like pressing on my eyes for some reason, because if you do that, you start seeing colors. I,
2: yeah. <laughs> I oh, was yeah. just like, Legit. Know, is, you know, know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm just doing that, immersing myself. I'm like, wow, I am not Amanda, and I am not here, and this is the most incredible experience. I don't do drugs.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of those, it's, it's Also, when you can have a fucking revelation like that, not on drugs.
1: When you when you realize that your brain is just already stimulating itself to this way that you didn't previously realize was accessible.
3: Yeah,
1: Um, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: totally. So
1: that was probably what really thrust me and was like, music can be one thing, but then it can also be this whole extra level of just like.
3: Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> I think, I think a, a cool thing about that, um, something that some people experience is like sy- synesthesia, mm-hmm. where like you associate like sounds with colors and stuff, or um, or you can hear colors, I guess, um, which I think is a really fascinating sensory experience. Um, I don't know, it's it's kind of cool just the way, like, your different senses, like, how music activates, like, different, like, receptors in your brain mm-hmm. in that way. It's, like, how you, when you hear a certain song or a certain, you know, sound or something, like, it can bring, like, like, think of a place, or you think of a person, or you think of, like, just that image, like, just pops up, like, in your head, you know, like, just from hearing something. I don't know, it's,
3: mm-hmm. I
0: think that music is, yeah, like... The brain is a really fascinating yet also like kinda of terrifying thing. Super terrifying. <laughs> I, I remember taking psych in high school, but I wasn't very good at sitting still in yeah. class. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so um yeah, I guess then um where did you like uh start um you know pursuing your musical career more and like where did you like really start like crafting like music that you began like yeah, sharing with the world and everything?
1: Um, it's kind of all over the place. I, like, I was a shy kid in school, so I wasn't like building bands or anything like that uh, beforehand. Uh, it was a lot of, like, singing in the shower and filling notebooks mm-hmm. full of, like, angsty stuff and yeah. being like, no, 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 that's not working. Or like, yes, yes, has like, collaging it together yeah, to make true. things you like. Um, yeah, it wasn't really until I came to Milwaukee for college that I started trying to, like, make sense of all of that and directly pursue
0: mm-hmm.
3: music. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, where'd you go?
1: Uh, Aurora,
0: Illinois. Oh, oh, shit, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm from Illinois, actually. Yeah? Uh, Where? South suburbs. Okay. Uh, the Tinley Park area. Okay. Um, my dad actually works in Aurora, though. Um, he works at a company that... Uh, Develops some um, hybrids of plants. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a horticulturalist, mm-hmm. but um, Interesting. Okay. So uh, yeah, I guess how did like um, you like uh, where where were like your first like connections um, Like with the music scene in Milwaukee.
1: Um, well, I came here to Go to school for uh, I went to my for mm-hmm. art. So first bands uh, I guess that I was in started here Um, Just with a classmate. Uh, We met in the dorms. His name is Daniel Mitchell. I think he lives in the UP now, but we were just like a folk duo. Sure. He had this crazy, beautiful, like high soaring voice. Mm -hmm. And when we were just like jamming or whatever in the dorms, uh, it clicked. So we're like, yeah, we should start a band. Mm and, you know, we had a pretty short run, but in that time, I met Ryan Holman. Do oh, you know yeah,
0: him? I do know him. Yeah. Here, here, presents. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Ryan Holman. Woo!
1: <laughs> and he's, like, honestly, I have so much, uh, for him. <sighs> I can't articulate
0: this. No, 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 no. I, you, <laughs> I owe him so much. He's, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. He does wonderful work for the creative scene in the city and, as a whole.
1: Mm-hmm. And, he, I mean, he was always looking out for me throughout, like, any variation of my music for opportunities to give me or people to meet and yeah. things to do like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a lot of my momentum sure. was after finding him.
3: Awesome, that's
0: beautiful. Um, yeah, and uh, you uh, emerged from uh, the 88.9 awards with a couple <laughs> couple trophies, right?
1: Yeah, one, two, three, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, that was insane, I don't, I mean, Just to have even been nominated as many times. Mm -hmm. I remember when it came out, just being like, "What? Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. You know what? My name is starts with an A, so it's really great. Right. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) That is decent,
0: actually. Where did you start finding music as an outlet? Like, where did your beginnings form as a musician? So, there's a very like clear
2: point where. I was sitting down in my brother's room in the basement, and he was like, "Hey, look at this like presentation I just to put together." And I don't entirely remember what the presentation was, but like in the background, it was playing "Holiday" by Green Day. Oh <laughs> right, yeah. And then I remember the I think it was about like World War Two because I vividly remember like soldiers marching and like tanks rolling through, and all you hear is like all I heard was the drums from, <laughs> from like Trey like Kool- yeah. yeah, That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. So then I really, I really wanted to play drums literally from that day, but I didn't get a drum set till I was fourteen. So over the course of that like six years, like I got rock band the video game.
1: Okay. <laughs> and
2: like I would just take those sticks and I'd like play in my bed. You can't yeah. even
1: keep like a straight
2: beat on that game.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah, <it was>
2: garbage. <laughs> I used oh.
0: never really played it oh,
2: growing so up. Fun. It was it was awesome. And oh, yeah. It was like it was like a cool it was cool to figure out that like I could separate my limbs and I like it was actually mm-hmm. a good way of actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Cause like instead of me just bashing around on like a drum set, it told me what to do. Right,
1: it gave you some direction right, and coordination. It,
2: it made sense pretty pretty quickly, but then I would go to the, like, local Best Buy that was, like, when they still sold instruments. You all, do you all remember that? No. I know.
3: I I remember. No. Well, I only ever... No? I, stayed Radio in, I stayed in the Radio Shack.
2: <laughs> I stayed in the video game section in no, the time. No, that's what I'd do. I'd go, I'd go to the video game section, and then I'd go to the instrument section, and they had a drum set there, and I would just play that. Did they,
1: they sell dishwashers
0: there? They did, yeah. They sold, yeah. Yeah. They they sold, sold like, all the household appliances. Like, yeah. Best Buy actually had, like, you could have a whole... Like, basically put together an entire house with Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn near. Yeah, you get your TV, you get your appliances, <laughs> you get your video game, and at one point you
2: can get a drum set. Yeah. 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 So I Went in there, would play until the guys would kick like- you out. Hey kid, like yeah. got But then like I got I got my first drum set when I was fourteen because my parents were really supportive of the idea of me actually doing something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so it was I mean I would I would just sit and play video games all day. Yeah. But then like once like the drums happened, it was like game on. And, yeah. Like practice for like six hours a day. Wow. And just
0: I would, I still don't really stop. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I showed Mark the uh, the drum set in High Five just now. He was like, "Whoa, these are good drums!" Wow. He <laughs> like named like he like you like said the model of them. Like I have no idea like what you're talking I, about. I just it, it's I just geek out. And Jeremy's drums like I would just sit there and be like, "What is it?" And then he will just say, "It's like."
2: Oh, this is 1960s, whatever. And, uh, and then he will, like, give me, like, the grant with like, how much it weighs.
1: Jeremy's a freak. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> of course. Like, In a good way. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I, like, geek out on that. So, I don't know. It was a good way to, like, fill up my time. I would show up to class and I would, like, have the Casio Interstate, like, uh, catalog and just like mm-hmm. look at your models. Oh wow,
3: nice.
0: Yeah. That's dope, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's dope. Dude. Yeah, that, and that obsession has never stopped. I have always had very obsessive tendencies with like things I like okay. and what I'm passionate about. Um, I like, I keep a <laughs> lot of lists in my phone for that reason. So like I am a very like obsessive like music listener. So like okay. I used to like literally I'm not even kidding. I would sit on Spotify for, like, seven, eight hours, and um, I would, like, be, like, pouring into, like, the related art, the related artists, mm-hmm. like, on, like, all, like, the musicians yeah. and stuff, and, like, adding, like, albums and songs that, like, I had to listen to, and I would compile, like, this huge list that, like, I would slowly, like, work through, like, listening to new stuff, and I still have, like, a really big list on my phone of, like, mm-hmm all the different discographies I need Mm -hmm. to listen to, like in different, like, um, I don't like to, I don't like to use genres to describe anything, but like literally like all kinds of genres and stuff Mm -hmm. that I need to explore more. Um, same with movies, I'm a big movie guy, so like I like to make lists of like all the movies I need to watch and like, um, I will like literally like preemptively like book time into my day for like what movie I'm specifically gonna watch like when I have this window of time I like, I've, I've also had an obsessive tendency to listen to the same song over and over and over again I'm, I'm right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I like and I feel like annoying if like someone catches me doing that but like I if it's if it's like personal to like myself and like mm-hmm. I will just revisit like the same couple songs like over and over again, you know. <laughs> I
1: think they
0: become ritualistic after. Yeah. That. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm very like I've always like I'm very real ritualistic in a lot yeah. of ways. So, what makes us desire hearing sad songs? Like what I guess where do we emotionally like answers. <laughs> where do we like emotionally like you know feel compelled to listen to a song that just has brings us such you know um, like uh, just heavy emotions like that. Like, especially when we are already sad or depressed.
1: I think it's cathartic agency. Yeah. Like, you are, somebody's inviting I'm you to that. feel those things, so you yeah. can feel right in experiencing them. And then also solidarity, because, mm-hmm. I mean, to be given that, somebody else had to have also gone through it, yeah. and so you feel less alone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And also, it can be really hard to articulate how you're feeling, so when someone else does it, mm-hmm. and then you're like, Oh, yeah that's it <laughs> and then like you keep listening to it and it just makes more sense and then like especially as like i've gotten older like there are the songs that like i could listen to songs that i listened to in high school and i have a completely different perspective on it mm-hmm. but i still remember what that felt like yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's 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 a really
0: cool thing to grow old with songs yeah or grow older <laughs>
3: oh yeah
0: definitely like. not old yeah, I'd say, like, um... <laughs> no, I, I definitely I know what you mean. Um, I think this, like, a, there's, like, a certain kind of sadness that's, like, a beautiful sadness, mm-hmm. where, like, I feel like kind of what you said, like, invites you to feel that, um, to sort of actualize that feeling um, in a way that just perfectly, like, captivates, you know what you need at that particular moment and it can it can definitely make you feel less alone Mm -hmm. it can make you just i guess more um more um in contact with your like negative or or heavy or difficult emotions Mm -hmm. um i think that's why a lot of people um just kind of why like when they're angry or just Otherwise, just like pissed at the world, they listen to a lot of angry music, yeah. you know, and it's a because better way
1: of going through it, though,
0: yeah,
3: too.
0: yeah, because it, it's <laughs> instead of you know punching a wall or or more to the point punching somebody else, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're instead just you're getting a lot of that um sort of um, that cathart that yeah. cathartic agency through what that song is clearly like. You know, through whether it's through lyricism or instrumentation or just mm-hmm. um, the overall like pacing of the song, yep. like it just can really like help you be more in tune with like you know what your mind is telling you, um, yeah. which allows that yeah. feeling to be easier to cope with. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah,
1: and I think there's like this uh, like false hierarchy of emotions though too, where happiness is like at the top, and these other uh, more difficult to process emotions kind of trickle downwards, and that's just not right. right. I don't think. I mean, I think yeah. it feels fucking good to be sad and oh, to be yeah. angry, and yeah. you know, to be uh, emotionally stimulated in other ways too. Right. So, to hear yeah. other people indulging in that kind of puts them back up on an equal platform of yeah. validity, right. yeah.
0: Like, I, I think I've always thought like, it's better to feel everything like. Powerfully or overwhelmingly rather than not feeling anything at all. Yeah. Um, you can overload yourself no, that way.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I... Feeling, like, numb, honestly, is probably the worst feeling in the world to me. Like, I mean, I... I struggle with, like, a lot of anxiety and depressive episodes mm-hmm. sometimes. And um, I have been on meds that have made me feel numb, that have made me feel like a zombie or like I'm losing my mind, like, I would just not take it any, like, I would feel that way once and just not take it again, because it's, like, literally, like, the scariest feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, But also, um, I used to, not as much these days, but, like, I used to dissociate a lot. My mind would almost, like, sort of, like, put a blanket over it, Mm -hmm. and it would make me dissociate which just makes you just feel really like on in touch with your surroundings and it makes your mind feel like a cloud right. and it makes it, your your thinking can get really foggy because of it. It's a really scary feeling. You think you're going insane,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but... I don't about that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's... Um, but, like, I used to, like, I used to be, like, terrified of, like, I would get scared of myself, like, when I would dissociate, because, like, I would be feeling, like, you know, out of touch with, like, my emotions. You know, you just go emotionally numb, and it's Mm -hmm. it's horrible. So, um, I'd rather just, you know, be an emotional wreck than be an emotionless creature that's just kind of, like, feeling like I'm just a piece of matter, you know? Yeah, there's, uh, like, there's that band Three Days Grace?
2: remember them? Yeah, yeah. They, had, they had that. They had <laughs> that song exactly. "Pain." That—that that was my first concert ever. Oh wow! And I remember they had that song "Pain," where the—I think the hook of it was like, "I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all." Yeah. And I was
3: like, yeah. "Yeah!" Like
2: it sucks to hurt, but you're feeling something. Mm-hmm. And then if you're hurting, there's a way to. Right. Kind of That's how you like it, start you
1: know? developing the coping methods, or like you can recognize it and kind of respond.
2: No. steer around it you yeah. you gotta kind of sit there and just let that hurt
0: happen
3: okay. right? yeah. you
2: can't
0: you, like you can't force yourself like it it's gotta happen you know and you can't you can't rush yourself in like getting through an emotion you know in in the way like a storm passes um you you kind of have to let it storm and let it
1: you can't just say you're canceled right yeah <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah yeah you can't just say like you can't just be like Nah, like you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta just let it, um, just let it sort of take its, run its course. Right. That's what I mean.
2: Right. Yeah, and I, rem- I remember when I was in high school, like my grandpa died. It's an experience that a lot of us yeah. Have had. Yeah. And the first thing my my friend said to me was like, oh, sit like, so at the piano and like write a song. And I'm like my knee jerk reaction was go fuck yourself. <laughs> and, um, I'm not, I'm not gonna you know <laughs>
1: write a song about it. it, it right.
2: uh, well yeah. it almost felt like I was like I would be taking advantage of the situation yeah. and I've never written about it. And you also but, can't you force creative know, uh, you can't force creative creativity either. Yeah. And th- and this kind of like I brought this up with you so Kevin Parker from uh, Tame Impala mm-hmm. uh, he had a quote it was like an enemy headline where he said that he can't create music or write music unless he feels miserable <laughs> and yeah. and he kind of explained it more in the article where it's just like if i feel like i'm on the mountaintop i don't feel like i can create anything and my knee reaction to that was go fuck yourself yeah yeah but i said every time i like write write a song or whatever it seems like it just comes out sad even if I'm not consciously sad or yeah. not aware like I don't know if there, I don't know if there's necessarily validity behind what it says but that kind of was like the the whole tortured artist thing which I like I hate the idea or like some people might have the idea that you have to feel miserable to write like a really good song yeah, yeah. you know yeah but like a lot of the best music comes out when you're miserable so I don't know I just I thought it was an interesting thing that he
0: said that yeah, yeah. because they're huge. They're huge and they're pretty so, great band. Um, I guess, like specifically with you, Amanda, like where have you found like um, your mental health and I guess what and your experience with it, like playing a part in in your music and your uh, creative process.
1: Um, well, I mean, I write a lot about mental health uh, in my stuff. Some songs are a lot more straightforward, yeah. you know, Nervous Systems, <laughs> literally, this yes, yeah. Nervous System yeah. in the name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think ultimately it's about, like, taking responsibility for the emotions that I'm feeling and mm-hmm. putting them in a controlled environment and using it as, like, a tool in a game like if I'm feeling something I'm allowed to bring that to the table and express it to its full capacity when I'm performing it live and so knowing that in the future that I've written this song that I get to uh, release myself with is like important to maintaining my own mental health Mm -hmm. if that makes sense because I'm able to bring the authenticity of the experiences because it's continual
0: yeah,
3: that's a very convoluted. Answer. No, 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 not at all. No, for makes sure. makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely.
0: So do you feel like um like when you've already like written a song, I guess you can relate to this too because you're also a musician. Like when you write a song when you're in that place of like, you know, whether it's sadness or happiness or whatever it is like you're feeling when you write that song, like do like when you perform that song like do those feelings come back or do you feel like you not, or do you feel like you may not be performing the song in in like the same way or to the same uh, to the same like uh, power because you're not like in that place anymore where like you first wrote it. I
1: don't think your brain forgets that. I mean, like what we were talking about before, if music can conjure up those spaces. Yeah it's pretty easy to re-enter that. When I'm constructing the songs, I like to um, not only take into account like melodic and uh, lyrical content, but the different shapes that your face has to make like mm-hmm. to express the words, um, you know? So like certain points, if I'm talking about mania, there is like this this like wide-eyed, smiling through your teeth thing. And that also sends messages to your brain, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. You smile and you'll be happier. That's not true, but you know mm-hmm. when you're performing and you have all of those endorphins, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty easy to like fully trust
3: yeah. yourself right. in the
1: experience again.
0: Totally. Yeah, Mark. I guess how would you? What do you think about um, you know when when you're writing music? Like, do a lot of those like feelings that you had when you wrote the song come back when you bring it back to life? Hundred um, percent. Like there, were, so Akko released uh, an EP like a year or
2: two ago. I don't remember one, but it's called Everything's Okay. And some of those, some of the lyrics or like parts or songs that I put on there, like I wrote prior to this really really bad, uh, like bout with my mental health, where mm-hmm. I was actually in an inpatient facility mm-hmm. for about five days, and. I was in there, when, when I got out of there, I didn't really think about music for a couple months. And then, Gabby from ACO, uh Shout out Gabby. She's a great girl. Yeah. And she, yeah, I mean, she, she's she been my best friend for the last few years. And we just, like, I like showed her the songs that, and then it was like, well, let's work on them. So the first thing I really did after I left Impatient was work on this EP. And like, it felt good to just let that out. And it was weird, like, I remember sitting there, listening to the playback, and like, I wrote those those songs before I was actually in Impatient, and before I was in my lowest low, it was almost like, I was like, seeing it coming. Yeah. And like, a lot of, a lot of the lyrics that like, I contributed really, like, they're pretty like, straightforward. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, Okay. But now I, now I sit there and I just will sit on my couch and just kind of strum along to my guitar and I'll just sing the song because I like it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, you know, it, it brings me back to that time, but I've gotten older, I have more experience. There are great things happening in my life. Like, yeah, you know, it just because I can talk about something that was dark doesn't mean I like, feel sad about it when I yeah. talk. Oh, know? yeah.
0: I feel the same way when i talk about mental health and my demons. Like when I'm, like I can... Say it with a straight face these days, but um, you know, it's it's definitely like uh, you you can still like remember like that it was like a dark time, but and but like it it was a lived experience, and like I guess ne- you see it differently, mm-hmm. like once you've lived it but it doesn't make it any less relevant and it, and you know being able to sing a song that is like about suicidal
2: thoughts or about your depression it like it's kind of similar to if you were talking in a conversation like we are right now talking amongst people like i can sit here and talk about it yeah right like, i'm not feeling that way right yeah exactly. now, but that is something i have felt yeah like and it's, I mean, being able to write songs like that and then listening to songs like that when I was younger or whenever, it's like,
0: you know, it's good to do. It mm-hmm. adds to that conversation. Totally. Um, have you ever felt scared to be vulnerable through music? <laughs> and
1: uh, yeah. I mean, I think vulnerability in itself kind of expresses that, that social fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are judging you, people are projecting their own perceptions. Uh, you know, if the way that you carry yourself outside your music doesn't line up, it, it, I think people tend to erase the messages then. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that it's, is true.
1: It's heavy to deal with. Yeah. But I don't know, at the end of the day, you have to like, think about what the payoff is of your vulnerability.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: What do you think, more? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean,. Y- y- you always want to be as genuine as possible, yeah. so like if what you're singing in the song really is true and meaningful to you, like you'll represent that, uh, mm-hmm. whether you're performing it on stage or off, you know? But it is hard to be vulnerable to everybody, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. For, for some people myself. don't
1: deserve it. Right. Some people don't <laughs> deserve
2: do it, and some people don't need to know things about it, what it you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Hopefully.
0: laughs> yeah no I, I agree like <laughs> uh, I mean I feel that' cause, like I've put plenty of stuff out like whether it's on like Facebook or stuff I've shared on this show like there's stuff that I'm openly vulnerable vulnerable about but when it comes to like a interpersonal conversation like sometimes i'm it's like it's not as easy for me to talk about it or it's not as easy for me to like open up like as it is when I'm, I don't know, I feel like it's just easier, like, to be in, like, you know, this space where it's, like, I feel comfortable confiding in you guys about, like, personal things, but, in like... In front of
1: a camera.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a weird comfortability I have where, it, yeah, it's, like, this is the most, like, I guess, like, seamless and open-ended format. I could be talking about it, but, when, but like, sometimes outside of the show, it's, like, I don't always feel like I, you know... Want to or I'm ready to talk about certain things when it comes to like face to face interactions with people, unless mm-hmm. I'm already comfortable with them, right? Um,
1: if we're like standing in line at a Taco Bell, though, too, that's not the right spot. right, yeah, right. exactly.
0: <laughs> but I think that, um, like sometimes it's just I also like feel like this show, or in your case, is your music, is sort of your outlet to be vulnerable, and like outside of that, like when you're in an when you're an everyday person, you know, just living your life and just you know, <laughs> like whether you're, you know, at work or you're out with friends, it's like you don't always want to, like, make that what people know you strict like completely as is like that vulnerable person, that, though, too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're still a person, and you still like you know you have plenty of things that you enjoy doing. You have hobbies. You want to be seen as just an everyday person sometimes too. And like I don't you shouldn't just be, but at the same time, like you shouldn't be defined, like just as like a person who's a functional part of society. You also don't want to completely be defined as by your vulnerabilities either. Like you want to be defined by like, you know, you're a person that you're you're a world within yourself and you exist like with your own flaws and your own shortcomings, but also your own beauties and your own, Mm Talents and everything like that, and like like you said, like, you know, people might not think, oh, like, you're really, like, uh, someone might think that, like, you're maybe, like, not as personable or as, or you might be more awkward as, like, you appeared to be, like, on your show or through your music or on stage or whatever, but it's like, well you know this is just, this is this is my outlet to do that you know and like that's how i express myself i mean a lot of i think i,
2: I forgot what comedian was they, they they always say that people will run up to them on the street and just expect them to say something funny it's almost like yeah you know, exactly say something funny
0: right you know uh, or like, or in your case say something deep or uh, you know something
2: or, you know like
0: <laughs> it's
2: well yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i don't know it's like everyone's got to remember that uh, uh, an artist, celebrity, to whatever degree you're doing, anything like like you're a person. So like you're you're not going to open up immediately to people and if you do that, it's really off-putting when someone just opens, like for me, like if I don't know somebody like right away and they like open up to me immediately, like obviously it depends on the person, it depends on the context. I'm not necessarily comfortable with that. All the exactly.
0: Time. Yeah. You There's know. a
1: certain level of tact, though. I mean, I don't mind if people check in with me after, like, of my shows and stuff. Yeah. But I had like about back in I don't know October or November or something where I was playing back to back back to back back, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, my stuff was very emotionally intense. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, you know, I would get off the stage and it was it felt like erasure. And people would just be going on with their their day and that's totally fine i mean that's what the spaces are for but i wanted somebody to check in and be like yeah. hey you know you've just placed yourself in this heavy space over and over again <sighs> how are you doing
0: yeah right yeah yeah and that's that's good like and that's why like you know there's are... an
1: easy one though too yeah. that's not like tell me everything
0: Right. It's just, you know, a genuine question, how are you doing? You know, like, sometimes that's yeah, at the that, end of the day, That, that goes a long yeah, way. Yeah, that's all it's you need long sometimes. A like, like,
2: it's weird how if I'm like feeling down, my dad has a good habit of just texting me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Checking like, on your friends. Checking of, on right, people. yeah. Check,
0: check. And it doesn't have to be, and like, I've learned this from experience, like, I've, it kind of humbled me a lot, where it's like, I've asked people straight up, like, hey, like, how are you doing, like, mental health-wise? And that's not like some people are comfortable answering that question but some aren't Mm -hmm. um so at that point it's like easier to just have like a more like simple broad question yeah how are you doing because i like i mean i felt like very vulnerable on the show and comfortably so but there's times i felt insecure about like well what if like you know i You know don't appear as personable as like in real life as I do on this show to somebody or something like that and they're gonna think oh I'm not genuine but it's like it helps to talk about this right now because it gives me more of like feeling comfortable that like well I'm not always gonna be in the mood or in the mindset to talk about something like Mm -hmm. where I'm exhibiting my vulnerability like you know just on demand, you know, like when like, if I'm in a, having a good conversation with you, like we did at company the other night, and it mm-hmm. was a great conversation, or when we did, when we got coffee at Cultivo, then, mm-hmm. then it's like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I feel comfortable and I'm ready, like, uh, readily available to talk about that and stuff. But we fear judgment because of that stuff. But, you know, I, I think that like, if people that are truly like empathetic can un can will like understand like, you know, you're a fallible human being, and at the end of the day, we're all in the race. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and it's I mean,
2: right now it's like this environment. It's three people. Like I mean, we don't really all know each other all that well, but
1: I've yeah. never met either. Yeah,
2: like, I, but we can. I think we we're having a very thoughtful and meaningful right. conversation. Yeah. That, can, like, I mean, can happen anywhere between anybody, and it should happen probably as much as possible. Yeah. But,
0: you know. Right. But it's important for people to just, you know, see someone as a human being and, and like, you know, approach them with respect and respect to oh, their- That's be- a novel idea. Their, <laughs> yeah. Their, with their personal boundaries and with their own, um, yeah, with their own space and everything so. so what do you want people to understand about you when they're listening to your music that's a big question <laughs> <laughs> I think,
1: I think so. that was a good one I mean I guess I wouldn't even know how to start answering that one I guess it's just what we're talking about that I'm like a complex human being but that I'm searching for um, like like an empathic connection between people. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily just all about me at the end of the day with yeah. the music, though. Either I just want other people to not feel bad.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. or to feel okay if they do.
0: Yes, that's beautiful. That's that was a really good way of saying it. that's deep. That's beautiful. <laughs> Mark, what about you? I guess like, what do you want people to understand about you when like? You know, they're hearing your music, seeing your shows, everything. Um,
2: I would, I would like to at least be able to express how much I love what I what I do. That 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 is something that I do want to come across, even if it's a sad song or if it's like, I. Music is the most important thing in my life, and I I like to almost praise it, you know? <laughs> and I want that to, to come out, um, but then also, I, I mean, I want them to know that what they're seeing or what they're hearing, like, that's me. Um, like, I don't like to, God, it's so cliche, I don't like to be anything that I'm not. Yeah, right, There's it's, a
1: time and space for that stuff too. I wouldn't ever wanna, you know, shit on that, like the culture, uh, that's not the word. I don't know the crafted identity. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything wrong
2: with
3: that. No, no. Yeah. I mean, not
1: to say that what you no, 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 just no, suggesting. No.
3: Just, no, no, no. It's like
2: yeah. just for for myself. Like I'm, yeah. I've never been good at being anything else. So it's like, <laughs> when when I do when I do when I do me,
3: that's that's me. Yeah, know. all right Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Amanda Huff, Mark Soriano. Um, beautiful talk, um, about mental health and music and the complexity of our brains and everything, right? Yes. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Hi,
1: I'm Mark Soriano.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm Amanda Hoop. Hey! <laughs> uh, Amanda, um, what keeps you up at night?
1: Uh, Stardew Valley.
3: <laughs> Wait, what'd you say?
1: have you ever played? No. Like Stardew Valley. It's just like I a know.
3: little farming, Oh, little fun. farming game. That's awesome. <laughs> hey. That sounds wholesome. Mark, what keeps you up at night?
2: Trump being an asshole.
3: Yeah, oh yeah. That's. <laughs> okay, yeah, I hear a good
1: answer that. Seriously, that's... That's
3: straight to the point, and I... Man, I feel that. He um, a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, dump, dump Trump. Dump Trump. Whatever. <laughs> um, Amanda, what puts you to sleep? The rain, hey, going back to her. Um, so, all right, Mark, what puts you to sleep? Keith Richards' voice. Ballad. There you go. Well, hey, we all have you our, we all have our <laughs> medicine. We all have our medicine. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being on the show, my guy. Of course. Um, yeah, so um, uh, pitching into the last thing we discussed, um, I guess with, like, what I want people to understand about me with this show is, like, I don't do this show, like, you
0: know, with any, like, I don't, like, I don't expect people to watch the show. I don't, like, I don't, it'd be selfish of me to expect, you know, anything from anyone, really. Like, I just, at the end of the day, I appreciate people that do genuinely. And, you know, this show is just designed to help us see the humanity in one another and see how we all have a lot of Relativity when it comes to what inspires us and what motivates us and just what you know what drives us to you know chase after our goals like day by day and um, and certain days are going to be a lot easier or harder than others but um, but everyone I've had on the show has taught me something about myself and it's taught me something about the world so thank you for watching Mr Nice Guy we'll see you next time.
3: God.